You're listening to Anita Marks on 98.7 ESPN. Without further ado, uh, Bram Weinstein joins us here. Good friend, has been on the program uh, several times before. Voice of the Washington Commanders who are coming to town this week to take on the New York football Giants. Bram, good. how you doing? Hey, Anita, how are you? I am great. I am great. Um, uh, let's let's dive right into it. And um, and Heineke, like, why even bring Wince in, right? <laughs> like, like the way he finished the season last year, um, and then how he was how he has been able to like pick up the season this year. Granted, his stats aren't gaudy, but a lot of times you don't need Patrick Mahomes stats to uh, to. At the end of the day, it's not about fantasy football. It's about winning football games, and that's what Heineke is helping this team to do. No doubt about it. Um, he was the right guy at the right time for them. Um, when Carson Wentz hurt his finger, broke his finger, and he was unable to play, you know, they really needed a jolt on offense. Um, there's a lot to the beginning of the season for Washington. Like, their offensive line had a lot of injuries, and they were literally a sieve, like giving up sack after sack after sack. They couldn't run the ball. They couldn't protect. Um, the pass rush effective rate and success rate was equally as high, if not worse, under the first couple of games under Heineke, but he's mobile, uh, also knows the offense better. Um, and while he doesn't have the arm and everyone sees the limitations, like in a skill set with him, um, he really owns the locker room. Um, he's just a regular dude. He's not a diva. Like, he's worked his butt off to have this opportunity, and – um, he really galvanized them, and the chemistry has grown, and they've gotten better, and they've morphed into a completely different team than they expected that they would be. They're a power run team uh, with a defense that over the last five, six weeks is top three in a lot of different metrics. So they got something that could travel here. They can run the ball. They got good defense. They got a quarterback who doesn't make a ton of mistakes, but there is no downfield passing game right now. Um, this is a team that has. Uh, top five receiver on it, used the first-round pick on a receiver, spent $30 million in assets to get a quarterback. Their expectation was they would have that as part of their offense. It doesn't exist. So um, while I agree with you, like Heineke, until he loses, this is not a conversation, but the idea that Carson Wentz won't play again I think is being a little short-sighted about where this team may end up at the end of the year. You know, I I, I understand what you're saying. He's just – and, and, and I don't, uh, you know, obviously, I've never met the dude. I've never interviewed the dude. I've never s- spent time with him. But I, I have made calls, and I have spoken to a number of scouts about Heineke. And the scouts have told me he's one of those guys that, like, growing up at the schoolyard or the playgrounds, like, you know, he didn't wow anyone, but you always wanted him as your quarterback or you always wanted him on your team yeah. because you knew you, you knew that – you know, he was going to win ball games for you, right? Like, you know, he, he wasn't the most athletic, you know, he didn't, he, he, you know, he's not somebody who's going to come in and like, wow you, but he just, he would always win. And, and like, and like, I get it. Right. Like, I don't, I mean, Bram, I, I remember growing up and, and going and playing, like, you know, going to the park and, and picking teams and playing pickup football or pickup basketball at a, at a park. And there was always that guy, right. That like, you know, didn't was never the most athletic, maybe had like a little bit of a gut, right? Like, but 
No matter what, no matter what team he was on, they'd always win. And he was always clutch. And he always came through. Yeah. And I feel like, like, and I've spoken to several scouts about Heineke because I'm just like, explain this to me. And they all say the same thing. He's just a winner. Yeah. Yeah, he's totally a winner. He's a gamer. He's gritty. Um, he's really well-liked for a lot of reasons. Um, and so all of that is true. And, and here's the bottom line. Like, I think they knew this about him. And, you know, he also has a, a pretty good command of this offense. He's been with Scott Turner for years. He just hasn't played a lot. Um, but he's been in the system with Scott Turner and Ron Rivera for a number of years now, like five, six years, like off and on. And he did have a lot of opportunities last year. This year it's different. He doesn't make a lot of mistakes. But here's the bottom line. The reason why they wanted to upgrade at the position is just athletic skill set. That's it. It's the only reason. And I would put it this way. Like, what is happening right now exemplifies exactly the reason why they want him on the team and exactly why they're always looking to replace him with a bigger, better, better model. He's not playing poorly. He's actually playing really well. He makes a lot of really good decisions. And at the same time, here's a team with a top-five defense, a dominant run game, um, and a quarterback who's not hurting them. He's not playing poorly, and they are in a heart attack every single week. They're a mistake away from losing because they don't have the ability to make the type of explosive plays, and there's not a tremendous amount of excuses with the skill set and the skill receivers that they have between McLaurin, Samuel, and Dotson, and Logan Thomas, and Antonio Gibson. They're stacked. Like, it should not be this hard to have explosive plays and it is partially because he's not truly capable of doing it. So this is where we are. He's not playing poorly. He's not holding him back. They're not winning in spite of him. They're winning a lot of a lot of ways because of him. But you can't win every game by three points and think that that's going to last. That at some point in time, you have to be able to exhibit an explosiveness in your offense, and that's what the limitation is. And that's why it is possible they will go back to Wentz. But I, if they keep winning – and they keep, you know, keep rolling the dice, and it keeps coming up 11, then they're not pulling. Um, but every game they play comes down to one possession or in the last minute or in their red zone, and their defense has come through over and over and over. He has to, over and over and over. And at some point, you know this game, that's not going to last. It's not. They're going to have one mistake, and they're going to lose a game at a critical juncture, and people are going to go, Oh, I get it. You obviously are a craps player with your uh, your, your, <laughs> your 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 eleven reference. Um, let, let's talk about before we go to the defense. Let's let's talk about this offense in in the in in the rushing attack, right? Like Brian Robinson, if you can, kind of share with us. You know, I mean, obviously we know what had happened, and you know he had gotten shot and alleged carjacking, right? From what I from, from what I remember. Yep. You know, and then you have Antonio Gibson, who, you know, everybody fell in love with last season, uh, but there was, yeah. you know, for whatever reason, you know, not a lot of usage until recently. So, you know, talk, talk about, talk about this rushing attack, because really this is, this is what it's about. I mean, I know we just spent a good five minutes talking about Heineke, but at the end of the day, the rushing attack is what drives this offense, right? Yeah, yeah, no doubt. I mean, like, they're, they're a better offensive line running the ball than they are passing the ball. They learned that early, um, even with the propensity to get the ball downfield with, like, Wentz. He was a sitting duck behind that line. Uh, there's a lot of reasons for that. Um, Robinson was carjacked. 
in the middle of the day at the end of the preseason. He got shot twice. He got very lucky. The bullets went through muscle and directly through his leg, caused zero structural damage. Um, so he is, he's lucky to be alive. Um, and secondarily, like lucky it didn't ruin his career and unbelievably lucky that he's playing right now. Um, so they put him on IR. He was out for four weeks. The idea, and this was kind of, they, were, they weren't really saying this out loud at the time, you know, because Antonio Gibson was off a 1,000-yard season last year. The idea was they wanted to have a more traditional power back before they drafted Robinson, and they wanted Gibson to be the, I don't know how you want to put it, primary backup, the Tony Pollard, um, the guy who's going to catch a lot of passes. They want him in space. He's going to have a prominent role. Like, there was no, he wasn't getting benched. It wasn't anything like that. They wanted a two-headed monster with different skill sets. And now here we are in week 13, and Robinson is, I wouldn't say he's 100%. He's nowhere near it, but, like, he's finally playing. He was a rookie. Um, he's now got five, six games under his belt. He's um, far more healthy than he was initially. They're trusting him more, and he's getting better and better and better. And he is a bulldozer, and he's turned out to be exactly what they want. And with Gibson, this weekend's going to be interesting. He missed a lot of practice this week. He suffered a foot injury last week, so he's questionable. If he does play, I think he'll be limited. Um, but they're leaning on Robinson. They have other prominent backups behind them, too. And they've become not a, like, they're not an exclusive run team, but they're close to it. I mean, they rushed the ball almost 50 times against Philadelphia, and they rushed it almost 40 last week. Like, so they don't throw the ball very much anymore because no one can seemingly stop them. Um, and it's more of a commitment to it than it is really being all that effective until last week. Last week was the first time Robinson averaged over four yards a carry in a game. Um, rarely is Gibson doing it when he's the primary back. He's doing it more often when he's a, when he's a secondary back and be getting uh, a different level of, of usage. Um, and as a team, they're rarely rushing for over four yards a carry. Last week was the first time that happened too. So the running game either exposed Atlanta or it's getting better and combine that with their defense, they're dangerous. They shorten games. They lead the league in time of possession. They can run the ball and control the clock. Heineke is making a lot of great decisions. And when they're in third and short, he's completing more than he's not. Like they're a dangerous team. They're a ball control team. They could suffocate you. And late, they've been clutch on both sides of the ball. Bram, before we let you go, let's focus on the defense. Chase Young, is he going to be active on Sunday? I don't know. Um, you know, I thought he would have been a couple of weeks ago. If he is, he's not going to play very much. Like, it's, they're really going to go slow with him. You know, 12 to 20 plays, maybe. Um, it really is not about physical limitations any longer. It's he needs to mentally be ready to play. That's what it's about now. Um, last week, I thought he was going to play against Atlanta, and he we've had a we've had a we've had like a flu-like thing going through the team for the last week and a half. So there's been a number of guys. Carson Wentz is actually one of them this week that missed a lot of practice and won't, probably won't be up as the backup this week to what he would have been um, because he's sick. A lot of guys have been in and out. Young got sick the night before the Atlanta game. That's why he didn't play. And now they're just we'll know Sunday if he does play though. It really won't be a lot. Uh, and and so last but not least, give us give us your your game script. How do you see this playing out? What's the final score? What do you anticipate? You know, every game Washington's in is low scoring. You know, like in the very low twenties at most. Um, I know the Giants aren't scoring a lot of points right now. 
Um, I'm sure a lot of that has to do with all the injuries they've had on their offensive line and all the goings on with the receivers and their defense has been really, really beat up. Um, you know, this is another week where, and I think like when we started this conversation about the passing game and why Wentz may play again, this is one of those weeks where with that secondary and those linebackers that are susceptible, there's really no excuse for Washington with the receiving core that they have not to take advantage of that, but we haven't seen it even against weaker defenses. So this could be a show me game for Heineke in the passing offense for sure. But I assume that they stick to script. They're going to run the ball a lot. We know on the edges, the giants have trouble stopping it. Um, Washington has been running it against everybody, whether it's a good or a bad rush defense. Um, Their defense has been outstanding um, across the front line. So if the giants are still not healthy there, I got a hard time seeing them run the ball particularly well against Washington. If they can't run it, I got a hard time seeing the Giants score a lot of points. So I think this is going to fall into the category that we've gotten used to down here. 20 to 13 Washington, something like that. One score game. It'll be close. And, you know, whoever makes the fewest mistakes probably wins. Bram, appreciate your time as always, my friend. Thank you so much. Uh, in, in, enjoy the game. Am I still invited to your World Cup party tomorrow morning? Yeah, absolutely. Are you in town? Yeah, you're, absolutely. Yeah, I just wanted to know I'm still invited. That's all. <laughs> You, you are you are absolutely invited. Are you kidding? <laughs> Copious amounts of champagne and mimosas and bloody marys. Yeah, what well, you're welcome. Absolutely, if you're in town, you're you're like you're in like Flynn. I appreciate it. I go USA. <laughs> we get a win you got, you got it, Bram. Take care. Bram Weinstein joining us here, voice of the Washington uh, Commanders. Uh, I'm Anita Marks. This is Weekend Wager. Again, brought to you by BetMGM Sports. Um, get the BetMGM app today. Now you're winning with the King of Sportsbooks, so please bet responsibly. Still more to come. 98.7 ESPN. You're listening to Anita Marks on 98.7 ESPN. Bet responsibly. If you're watching or, uh, I don't know, maybe you've got a second screen on your phone. Uh, Pac-12 championship right now. And the Utes, Utah up on USC, 27-24. to USC just scored. This is a good game. About 10 minutes left in the fourth quarter. I had the over here. I want to say the over finished at like 62, 63 and a half, something like that. So I have the over here. Also, I have the over in points. Uh, for uh, for USC at 32 and a half. So hoping that both those can hit. Without further ado, Randy Robles from the Elias Sports Bureau is joining us now. Uh, we're always uh, telling you to make sure that you download that Elias Game Plan app. If whether you play fantasy, whether you gamble, they've got uh, just chock full of great, I like to call them nuggets, but Elias Insights uh, to help you make the right decisions in what you need to do, whether it's fantasy or gambling. So Randy Robles joins us now and uh, going to tee up a few games for you, Randy. First and foremost, uh, let's start with this Raiders game. I find it pretty interesting. The Raiders at home, and uh, and now they, they are favored by one. This line opened up, and they were dogs, but now they're favored. The Chargers coming to town, uh, not 100%. Their offense has not been as uh, prolific as I thought it would be this season. Uh, I do like the Raiders here, especially with their rushing attack. Josh Jacobs put up a ton of yards last week uh, to help them get a win in overtime. And the Chargers have one of the worst rushing defenses in the NFL. How are you playing this matchup? Yes, yeah, so the so Chargers have lost uh, all three games this year where they've been uh, considered to be uh, an underdog. 
Um, the home team has won each of the last three games between these these two teams. Um, but I think more importantly, just looking at the Raiders game last week against Seattle, they really took over in the second half. Specifically, Josh D- Jacobs just went bananas. I mean, he was yeah. he was unstoppable, you know, in the second half. I mean, it was I, I live bet him because I just said they're not going to stop him, and uh, I, I got paid off on that one. That was nice, but. Look at Josh Jacobs over the last eight games, nine rushing touchdowns, 120 yards rushing per game. Uh, the Raiders are 2-0 against the teams, against the spread this year, against teams that have a, a bottom 10 defense. And the Chargers are the fifth worst rush defense in the uh, in the league. So I just, I, I, I agree with you, Anita. I just see the Raiders running all over uh, the Chargers in this one. Um, Chargers, Raiders, Raiders minus one. Yeah, Raiders minus one. The over-unders at 50 and a half. So I, I do like the over in this. And unfortunately, Chargers fans, uh, I, I am leaning towards the Raiders. Um, you've got the Rams at home going up against the Seattle Seahawks. This line was seven and a half earlier today. It's now down to seven. The Seattle Seahawks are favored on the road in Los Angeles. The over-unders at 41. Geno Smith has just been a man possessed. I want to say he has multiple. He's, he's tossed multiple touchdowns in nine of his eleven, nine of his last eleven games. I think Geno Smith has to be one of the best storylines this year in the NFL. But curious, what are your Elias insights in on this matchup? Yeah. So last week, Anita, on the show, I, I, I. I I, I told your audience that the uh, Rams were the first defending Super Bowl champions ever to be more than 14-point underdogs, making history last week. Well, they're making history again this week as Uh-oh. they are going to be the first team, the first defending champion to be uh, seven or more point underdogs uh, at home. Um, that's if you exclude the uh, 1987 season when replacement players were used. So. Really uncharted territory in some history. Also, in terms of a first, Geno Smith, he's never been a seven-point favorite in his career. So this is uh, in his NFL career. So this is uh, that's, so that's a first. Uh, having said that, having said that, I'm going to go with the Rams this week. Uh, I really liked what I saw out of Bryce Perkins. I'm, I'm assuming he's, he's starting um, this weekend. I, I thought he I thought he played great in the second half uh, last weekend, um, and. Um, Against KC, against the you know good team against KC, and um, the, the the most important stat I'd like to tell your audience today is that the home dogs in division games are 13 and seven against the spread this season. So that follows this game follows that uh, that category, and for that reason, I'm going to take the Rams getting a big seven points at home. Yeah, I, I mean at this point, look, you're out of it, right? The season's a wash. Like, why not see what else you've got? You know, what do you got going on on that roster, right? Mm-hmm. Like, let, let you know. I mean, let's 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 see what we've got in some other guys. Why not? Let's yeah, get it going. Right, <laughs> not just offensively, but you know, Aaron Donald's out for this game. Uh, yep. That's a big deal. But so we'll see some defensive new new defensive faces in there as well. But I, I liked what Bryce Perkins did with his feet. I mean, I I, I thought that um, it was just earning a first down after first down. Whenever he scrambled, he was really mobile. Uh, his confidence grew so much in the second half. I was really impressed with him. And, um, you know, getting getting the start again this week, and I, 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 like I said, I think he's scheduled to start again this week. And I know Stafford's definitely out. Um, so so if he starts, I'll be really curious to see if he can, uh, can keep him in that game. 
Again, Randy Robles joining us from the Elias Sports Bureau. Let's turn our attention to the opposite coast. And you've got a Jets team right now. They're plus three right now on the road in Minnesota. Minnesota's favored by three. The over-under is at 44-and-a-half. And Mike White expected to get another start uh, at the quarterback position for the Jets, uh, which, again, I, I know you and I talked about it last week. I think it's the right decision. Uh, this Jets defense is just too damn good to let it waste away uh, behind an offense uh, under Zach Wilson. So um, I, I do like that they are going to stick with Mike White. And I do like the Jets getting the points here. Tell me, what are your Elias insights? Yeah, you know, I, I have a few friends who I would consider to be sharps. And a friend of mine put a lot of money last week on the Jets to win the AFC at uh, 35 to 1. He just, his, his argument is that the defense is just so good. And if they get a little mojo going with Mike White, you never know. Uh, the Jets do have five straight-up victories this year as an underdog, and that's one shy of their franchise record. So really um, uh, an underrated team. Uh, however, the Vikings have won 11 consecutive games as a favorite. That's the longest current streak in the NFL, and it's the longest such streak by the Vikings since the mid-1970s. So they got, their, so they got some mojo of their own going. Interesting. Uh, again, I, I do like the Jets getting the three. And I would get on this now. I, I wouldn't be surprised. You know, it's, it's, it's dropped. It was three and a half. It's now dropped to three. I wouldn't be surprised if this drops to two and a half at kickoff. Um, yeah. Because I, 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 have, I have a feeling that, uh, that, that based on the fact that uh, Mike White will continue to be the quarterback, threw for over 300 yards, um, uh, you know, multiple touchdowns last game. Granted, it was against the Chicago Bears, arguably the worst defense in the NFL. This is going to be a little bit harder, a little, little bit more uh, tough sledding uh, for that Jets offense. But nonetheless, um, the over-under is at 44 and a half, by the way. I do like the under in this matchup as well. Washington, the Commanders, and Heineke heading to New York to take on the Giants. Uh, the Giants at home, home dogs, plus two and a half. No respect for Brian Dable and his, his squad. The over-under is at 40 here. I know Heineke is a turnover machine. Interested to know, what are your Elias insights? Yeah, so this will be the second ever matchup between Taylor Heineke and Daniel Jones. They played last year, and uh, the Commanders won the game 30-29. to 29. So pretty high-scoring affair, if that's, if that's any indication. You said the over-under is in the low 40s uh, for this one. Washington, they have uh, won and covered the spread in six of the last seven games, so definitely going in the right direction in terms of uh, team to support uh, betting-wise. The Giants, on the other hand, are kind of going in the other direction. They've lost uh, three to the last four. Um, and then maybe the most conclusive piece of evidence, I think uh, that might help you decide which team to bet on, the road team has covered the spread in the, each of the last five games between these two teams. So that, that, might, make, that might tip the scales and have you um, decide to go with uh, the commanders in this one. I just here, – here's what – again, here's what my problem is, and, and that is that Heineke is just – you know, he just he – turns, he turns the ball over a lot. Um, yeah, well, you, t you trust Daniel Jones yeah, you know, more than, 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 than Heineke? I mean – I do. You know, well, I don't know. Heineke's got a little 
something something going. I I, I uh, no, listen. Hey, listen. I'm I'm a fan of Heineke. I am. Um, I yeah. like watching him. I, I I know what you mean by a little something something. There's there's a swagger there. There's an excitement right. there. He's one of those guys that you know you're excited to cheer for. All of that. I get all of that. Um. I just think I think this is a Giants team. They're getting healthier, especially on the off on the offensive line. Um, I just think this is going to be. I, I, I listen. Here's the thing: if it was three, three and a half, I'd probably take the Giants. Mm-hmm. So I'm I'm staying away from this game. I'm not going to play it. If anything, I'll play the under at forty. I don't think a lot of points are going to be scored here, but um, but nonetheless, um, I, yeah, I, I, I understand. I'm, I'm Oh, sorry, sorry, Anita. No, no, go ahead, go ahead. uh, I'm I'm still upset with the Giants for that backdoor cover on Thanksgiving. Getting over that one. (laughs) That's what it's about, right? That's that's what what it's it's about. about. Yeah, yeah. So you know, gamblers gamblers have uh, long memories, especially when they're painful. (laughs) I'm sure they do. Again, uh, Randy Robles joining us here on uh, on Weekend Wager, Um, and and again. Get the BetMGM app today. Now you're winning with the King of Sportsbooks. Please bet responsibly. Uh, Quick break. We come back. uh, We're going to hear from Fat Jack, fatjacksports.com, professional handicapper. Also, uh, we've got J.J. Duvaney coming your way. I know we've been spending a lot of time talking about the NFL. Why not? Um, uh, But we've got a big United States, USA soccer game bright and early tomorrow morning, 10 a.m., uh, against the Netherlands, and JJ will break it down for us. Also, some of the other games, other matches, I should say, uh, throughout the weekend. So stay tuned for that. Still a lot more coming your way. Nina Marks with you. It is Weekend Wager here on 98.7 ESPN. We'll be right back. You're listening to Anita Marks on 98.7 ESPN. Please bet responsibly. Fat Jack, fatjacksports.com, professional handicapper, joining us here on 98.7 ESPN. Uh, Jack, the, the the I love the slate of games this week in the NFL. The Kansas City Chiefs and the Cincinnati Bengals, the AFC Championship game from last year, obviously is the the premier game on the slate. Cincinnati home dog getting two going up against Kansas City. I do like Cincinnati here, but my favorite play has to be the over at 52-and-a-half, both these teams offensively. Cincinnati coming into their own. Kansas City arguably number one offense in the NFL. How are you playing this matchup? Yeah, what's interesting, you know, Cincinnati was in exactly this spot last year before they Mm -hmm. made their great run into the Super Bowl. And I I released Cincinnati last week, so their kind of resurgence not totally surprising. But I'll tell you, Nita, you probably know this, but do you know what Patrick Mahomes' record is in November and December in his career in Kansas City? Undefeated. Undefeated. The guy's never mm-hmm. lost. Twenty six and zero. I mean, the guy can't yep. lose this time of year, and they're only a point or two favorite. I understand the line setters and the books are, are inviting me to play Kansas City with that information, but I can't pass it up. I'm a catfish, like a catfish at the bottom of the ocean. With, with, there's a, a worm there, but there's a hook in it. I'm going to bite it anyway because <laughs> I cannot fade Patrick Mahomes when he's undefeated in November, December, and their offense is clicking. The tougher part of their schedule is behind them. They've got easier games, and Cincinnati, I'm just not buying it quite yet. I don't think they can get in a shootout and compete. I do like, to your point, I like the total to go over. Kansas City's defense with that 3-4 has been giving up some rushing yards. That's what Cincinnati has to do is run the ball with Mixon and company. So I I lean toward the over as well, but I'm I'm all about Kansas City on the road. 
Um, I, the other game that I think is 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 going to be a, a must watch is the Miami Dolphins going up against the 49ers. You're talking about arguably the best defense in the NFL going up against arguably a top three offense in the NFL. Miami's right behind Kansas City and the Buffalo Bills. Uh, the 49ers favored by four at home. The over-unders at 46 and a half. Another game where I like the over, but I'm telling you, I like the Dolphins getting the four as well. Fat Jack, am, am, am I on the right side here? Yeah, I think if you're going to go with the Dol- if you're going to go with the over, you you got to go with the Dolphins, right? I mean, San Francisco has the number one defense points per game in the league, 15.7 points per game is all they're giving up. But if you like the over, the, I mean, you think two and company is going to get it done offensively? Uh, I I agree with you. I like what San Francisco is doing. I think we're going to be talking about them deep into the playoffs. They're very well balanced. Since they picked up McCaffrey, this is a team that took really took the next step offensively. They have a coaching staff that's been in the big game before. So I don't think we're done with San Francisco, but I'm with you, Anita. I, very rarely do you take offense over defense, but this Miami Dolphins, is, uh, Dolphins offense is next level good, and I don't think San Fran can compete in a shootout Kind of like we talked about the last game. I'm with you. I like the over. And if I like the over, i got to like the Dolphins. I'll take them plus the points on the road. I like it. Fat Jack, fatjacksports.com. That's where you can find him. Um, let's go coast to coast and, uh, and, and talk about this Chargers team. Uh, Chargers are, uh, are, are taking on the Raiders. They're in Las Vegas, Sin City. The Raiders are favored by one. The over-unders at 50 and a half. I do like the over in this matchup as well, and I'm leaning towards the Raiders. What's your play here? Yeah, I, I think if you're a Raiders fan, you have to like that they're, they came a favorite in this game because consistency has not been the name on the back of the jersey with, with uh, Las Vegas this season, and they are giving a point or two against the Chargers team that is banged up at receiver, has some injuries, but also covering five of their last six on the road. They're five and one on the road against the spread their last six. They've also, games have been going over with Las Vegas. They've been giving up some points. Four of their last five games at home have gotten over. and Actually, six of the last nine overall have gotten over. So giving up points and then scoring a few more points has kind of been what Las Vegas has turned into in this middle part of the season. I lean toward the Chargers here, but honestly, this game to me is that unless you live in Vegas or Southern California, you bet it and you throw your TV in the lake because you don't want to watch it. I mean, this is going to be a really difficult game to watch but you know what the money cash is all the same so if you're on the right side uh go get them i do think there'll be more points than the the market projects so i like over as well and just to lean toward the charges and what i think you'll have to earn either way uh taking a look at the east coast team sticking with mike white and uh, they're on the road they head to minnesota to take on the Vikings. The Vikings favored by three the over-unders at 44 and a half this jets defense is so good I'm leaning towards the under here. Do you have a play in this matchup? I, I actually am on the opposite. I like the over here. I'm not. Listen, I don't think Mike White has a cape on, and he's not the savior to what the Jets are doing. But they're scoring more, and that certainly helps. I think some stability at quarterback is certainly what they needed. Um, Jets covered four of the last five on the road. But Minnesota, although they they've really been lucky in those one score games, offensively they continue to put up good numbers. I actually like over in this game. I think there's going to be a lot of points. I think Mike White will regress to the mean as they go through this next part of the, of the season. But any play is better than what they were getting under Wilson. So I think they're going to score some points. I actually go with the over. Interesting. The Giants getting healthier on the offensive line as well as defensively. They're home. They're a home dog at plus two and a half. The over-under is at 40 with Washington and 
uh, Taylor Heineke heading to town. Uh, what's your play in this one? Yeah, I mean, what is Taylor Heineke? I mean, this guy just continues to outperform the market. He's, he made Washington into a team that you could actually consider betting. Um, but you have the Giants that are getting held. I don't know how you go over. It can get over, certainly, to get a turnover or two. But the Giants want to muddy it up. They want to win time of possession, keep the ball on the ground, not make mistakes. And I think they're going to be able to do that some here. Um, but Washington, it's hard to fade a quarterback that just continues to cover. I think he's been a covering machine. He believes and Washington believes. So no opinion on the side. I definitely would go under the total, though. Before we let you go, let's talk some college football. TCU favored by two and a half. The over-under is 62. Going up against Kansas State. You really, you can see TCU and uh, and or USC losing this weekend? I think both of I think the Lions say that they can too. I mean, both of these are under a field goal favorites, TCU and USC. So I don't think that there's a lot of difference in any of the four teams that are playing to get those last two spots. Kansas State actually ran the ball at will against TCU their first time out, and then their quarterback went down, and they actually absolutely looked like they had nobody else to play quarterback, and the game got away from them. TCU is vulnerable against the run, and that's what Kansas State does. This is a team that knows who they are. They get a bunch of three-star recruits with chips on their shoulder, and they typically play well. And I will tell you, we've been waiting on TCU, the other shoe to drop for about a month now, and this team just continues to outperform the market. So you can go broke waiting on a team to lose when it hasn't done that. TCU undefeated this year, and they are a small favorite. But I could definitely see with a turnover, too. And, again, the magnitude of the situation, them struggling on Saturday. And Kansas State, absolutely the type of team, the makeup that can get it done against TCU. And, again, the first half of the last time these two teams played, Kansas State actually owned the game on the ground. That similar formula, I think, takes this thing right to the end and certainly could see Kansas State winning. Great stuff as always, Fat Jack. Appreciate you. Let our listeners know exactly where can they find you. Uh, you know where can they get more more picks, more plays from you as well. Yeah, absolutely. Follow me on all the all the social media. Obviously, at Fat Jack Sports, giveaway free pretty much every day over the weekend. Go to FatJackSports.com. You get a free play there. But more importantly, apply some common sense. Everybody gets the same play. You don't pay different prices depending on what package you sign up or just how long you sign up. Everybody's getting the same games I'm playing right here in Vegas this weekend. Text your cell phone or email to you, and if you play them consistently, you're going to make money. Go to FatJackSports.com and see what winning selections can do for you. All right, I want to thank Fat Jack for joining us. Again, FatJackSports.com, that's where you can find him. Uh, You're listening to Weekend Wager here, brought to you by BetMGM Sports. Uh, Get the BetMGM app today. Now you're winning with the king of sportsbooks. Make sure you please bet responsibly. Still a lot more coming your way. Nina Marks with you. Uh, Weekend Wager here on 98.7 ESPN. You're listening to Anita Marks on 98.7 ESPN. Welcome back to Women Wager, brought to you by BetMGM Sports. Get the BetMGM app today. Now you're winning with the king of sportsbooks. Again, just a reminder, please bet responsibly. J.J. Duvaney joining us now. Now, J.J. and, of course, Andrew Gunling have a phenomenal soccer podcast. You can download it on Spotify. Uh, find it on Spotify. It's called Caught Offsides. I'm telling you, uh, it, for, for soccer enthusiasts or even if you don't know a lot about soccer, uh, this is the this is the the podcast you want to listen to for sure. 
And so JJ is joining us now. Let's do a deep dive into USA going up against the Netherlands. USA plus 350, Netherlands minus 105. Um, I, I'm so excited. I'm having a big party here tomorrow morning. Uh, the mimosas are going to be flowing. The Bloody Marys. I've got the bagels. I've got the locks. I've got the spread. I've got it all. Uh, everybody coming over to cheer on the United States. How are you playing this matchup? Uh, break this one down for us, JJ. Uh, I actually think they're. I actually think they're going to go through. Um, I think. Whoa. I see nothing from the nothing from the Netherlands to. I'm, I'm not saying the Netherlands aren't a good side. Uh, I'd be worried about Kobe Gakpo. I'd be worried about Frankie De Jong. I'd be worried about. Um, Memphis Depay, but I haven't seen anything to suggest they've clicked into any kind of rhythm, whereas the U.S. midfield, uh, Musa Adams, McKinney, political top, they've been putting together patterns of play that makes me think they have the energy. And uh, I, they have the energy, they have the ability to hurt the Netherlands. The only problem is goal scoring has not been uh, too, exactly flowing for the U.S. Two goals in the group stage. Um, not ideal across 270 minutes of football, but at the same time, um, I, ju- I just have a really good feeling about the U.S. here against what's a traditional powerhouse. Um, but I, I, I honestly think the U.S. are favorites. Listen, and you could wager that the United States is going to win and beat the Netherlands at plus 350. Uh, if you do feel that the Netherlands is going to win, that's minus 110. A draw is plus 235. Also, I like the under of two and a half goals. Uh, that's minus 165, which means uh, you have to lay uh, 165 to win 100. Uh, you know, and, and you said, you know, goals for the United States uh, have, have not been flowing, right? Because they just don't have a, a really great finisher. Um, Gio Renna is a guy who many feel is the best player on, the, on Team USA on their roster, but he has not had a lot of playing time, if at all. Do you feel because of the injuries that um, that a number of the forwards ha- are experiencing on Team USA that maybe we'll see Geo tomorrow? Possibly, but I think uh, Greg Bearhalter said in his comments today when he was asked about Gio Reyna, uh, he said that the reason that Reyna isn't getting as much time as he as pe- some people would have liked, or some supporters would have liked, is more to do with the game state in which uh, the opportunities have been open. So, for example, the game state against Wales uh, didn't really suit Reyna. Uh, the game state against England with a nil-nil where they were trying to go for the win would have suited him better, and Reyna came on and played. So I think if the U.S. are in a position where they're, they're trying to open the team up, uh, you will see Reyna. If they're in a position where they're trying to hold on to a lead, you will probably not see Reyna. Um, also as well he's had underlying health issues himself we don't know how many minutes he can go for his minutes have been managed for the last three months by Borussia Dortmund in Germany his club side in Germany so we'll have to we'll have to see I mean Gio Ren is a very very good player I don't know if he's the best player in the team he's the best player in the team all around footballer Tyler Adams I think he's the most important player as well but Ren is certainly a player who gives you something different and perhaps we will see him tomorrow. But again, I think that's game state dependent rather than any other factor. Game number two tomorrow afternoon is Argentina going up against Australia. Argentina, many people feel with uh, Messi, have, have a squad good enough to win 
uh, this whole damn thing. Uh, you know, the, the odds, if you think Australia is going to pull the upset, it's 13 to 1. A draw is 6 to 1. Argentina is minus 475, which of course means you have to lay $475 down just to win 100. So obviously your odds there are not good. Um, who do you see advancing from here? Is, does Australia even have a chance of pulling an upset? Well, it's knockout football, so they always have a chance. And we've seen that the Argentinians can be brittle at times. But, I mean, it'll be a tough one to bet against Argentina. Uh, it, it doesn't mean that Argentina, are, you see, it's such a, a strange matchup. Australia getting out of the group defied so many, so many odds and so much logic. I mean, they had, they had tiny, tiny XGs of like 0 0.3, 0 0.4, 0 0.5. That's expected goals. So the goals they, they could have expected to score across their three games, I mean, were so minuscule. And then the goals that they could have conceded, they had the most amount of XG conceded, 5.7-something, uh, for the opening, uh, for, the, for the group stage. So this is a team that tournament football can defy the odds and they've been defying the odds so far, they'll have to do it again to beat Argentina, and I wouldn't be betting on it. That doesn't mean that Argentina are superb or that they've found all the answers after their opening day defeat against Saudi Arabia. It just means that the weight of players, the players that Argentina can call upon, Messi, Alvarez, Di Maria, uh, Di Maria Alexis McAllister, just the standard of player versus the more journeyman-type player that, Argent uh, that Australia have, I mean, I think, I think the odds are, it, it will be the biggest upset, I would say it will be the biggest upset in World Cup history were Australia to defeat uh, Argentina. But that doesn't mean it can't happen. I would expect Argentina to go through. Um, uh, again, uh, minus 475, not great odds there. Uh, it, 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 in regard to the number of goals that you think are going to be scored uh, in this match, uh, do you think it's, it's, it's going to be over, under two and a half? Like, how, how do you see this match playing out? Um, uh, I'm, I'm just going to assume that Argentina, despite everything, are going to play somewhat within themselves or they're going, you know, they're going to find a resolute opponent in, in Australia. So I'm, I would say 2-0 to Argentina, the most likely. 2-0. Okay. Um, I hear you. All right. And then let's, let's look forward to Sunday while we have you. And uh, you've got France going up against Poland. This should be a good one. France uh, favored minus 320. Uh, and, uh, and, of course, Poland plus 950. A draw is plus 425. Uh, France, we know how good they are. All right, they they won it this last go around. Um, a, do you feel is, is this squad as good as they were four years ago? B, are you giving Poland a chance to pull an upset here? Well, the obvious caveat is it's knockout football, round of sixteen, uh, win or go home. Everyone's got a chance, but Poland have been absolutely horrific. <laughs> They've been terrible to watch. The fact that they've got to the, the round of 16 is, is a head-scratcher, to be perfectly honest with you. And France, if they open up on Poland, it could be a, a, it could be a hammering. Um, I, I, I disagree with you. I don't think this, could, this will be a good one. I mean, France, even for a good side, are fairly conservative. And Poland are stodgy and turgid. So uh, I think the French will win it 3-0. Uh, Okay, and last but not least, uh, you've got England going up against Senegal, uh, and that is your late game on Sunday. 
I do like the over here. I think Senegal, you know, they like they're always in attack mode. Uh, they play aggressive and sometimes reckless, and and of course uh, sometimes leads their leaves their defense to be somewhat um, vulnerable against an, an an England team that has nine goals scored nine goals. In, in the group stage. So uh, I do like the over here at two and a half. England is favored to win this at minus 190. Senegal plus 650. Do you have a play here? I mean, uh, I mean, my, my hope just for, uh, from a personal standpoint is that England are beaten as it is in every single tournament. But um, yeah, you're, you're <laughs> quoting figures there, Nita, about England's goal scoring. I mean, most of those goals came in the opening goal, in the opening game uh, where they played... Iran and they and they ran up a, a big score against Iran. So uh, yeah, England then uh, had a zero-zero tie with the U.S. and then went on to beat a very poor Welsh side. So we don't know that much about England. Actually, a lot will depend on the fitness of Harry Kane when you talk about goals and what he can provide for them. Will the clamour for Phil Foden to start after his performance against uh, against the Welsh? Will Gareth Southgate do that, or will he stick with the tried and trusted? Um, I think uh, Senegal represents a dangerous opponent for for England, um, and they've been a team that's been able to somewhat absorb the loss of their best player in Sadio Mane. Uh, they have a decent midfield. They have quality in Ismail Assar, and they've got a goal-scoring centre-back in Kalidou Koulibaly. So hopefully uh, Senegal can do it, and uh, I'm going for the upset. Senegal to win this one. Um, with that being said, let's look big picture here. A lot of people feel that Spain purposely either wanted a draw, I mean, who wants to lose, but was hoping for a draw so that they could get out of uh, the bracket side with Brazil. And so that's exactly what happened now. So Spain, uh, their first match is, uh, is against Morocco. Uh, the most difficult opponent, of course, on their side of the bracket now is Portugal and France. Meanwhile, Brazil has to get through Cro- possibly Croatia or Japan, uh, Argentina, obviously. Um, so y- y- smart maneuver by Spain. And, and, and do you still feel, I mean, we, we spoke prior to the tournament starting, uh, do you still feel Brazil is going to win the, the, the entire uh, tournament? Yeah, I'm not so sure. A lot will depend on Neymar for Brazil. We saw him in his track suit and his baseball hat at the Cameroon game tonight, and he did a little run across the field, which suggests that he's going to be okay. But a lot will depend on his fitness, I think. Um, uh, let me think here now. <laughs> Spain, you were talking about. Yeah, sorry, I don't think Spain. Um, I don't think Spain were, were, were taking a tactical, uh, a tactical loss so they'd face Morocco. It worked out that way. Maybe it worked out well for them. I think Morocco are a decent side, but I definitely don't think they were doing that on purpose. In fact, uh, Spanish manager Luis Enrique uh, said that if he had realized at one point when they were behind and that when Costa Rica were ahead, that both Spain and Germany were going out, he said, I would have had a heart attack. So this was not uh, pre-planned. I don't think you can pre-plan anything like that in soccer. It's not that kind of game. Uh, rarely are the uh, are the conditions right for you to do something like that. I think just Japan, with all due respect to them, were a much better opponent in the second half than they were in the first half. And Spain were unable to get back into the rhythm after they'd become a bit complacent. So, so no, I don't think so. I think Spain are a very good side. They should probably beat Morocco, although it could be a very tense, interesting game on Tuesday. Uh, but yeah, Spain, Spain should be Morocco as well, but I don't think there was anything clever about losing to Japan. JJ is just awesome. 
<laughs> I mean, you know, I, I don't know about you guys, but I am so in to this World Cup and it's so great to have somebody like JJ on just to kind of like break it down for us uh, the way that uh, the, the way that it, it needs to the way that we need to understand how not only to to watch and expect what to expect from Team USA, but you know, how to, how to wager on the other matches as well. So really thrilled to have JJ on with us. Great show. Randy Robles, as well as fat Jack, professional handicapper, JJ Juvaney. And, and of course, uh, Bram Weinstein on with us. Uh, and you know, really appreciate everybody listening. I'm not on tomorrow. I'm out, I'm actually off on Saturday, but back with you on Sunday morning, 7am with fantasy forecast. And of course, New York game day with Matthias Kiwanuka and Mike Tannenbaum. So please make sure uh, you uh, you circle back with us on Sunday, getting you ready for the Giants and the Jets and, of course, their matchups. We're really excited about, the, like I said, this weekend's slate of games. Again, you're listening to Weekend Wager here, brought to you by BetMGM Sports. Get the BetMGM app today. Now you're winning with the King of Sportsbooks. And make sure you please bet responsibly. Anita Marks with you on this Friday evening. Uh, everybody have a great weekend. Uh, talk to you on Sunday morning right here on 98.7 ESPN.